Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock, and welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. Today I have Dr. Katie Maloney with me. Welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me, Marcy. I really want to call you Dr. Maloney because you've worked so hard to get your PhD. And when we first met, Katie was an undergraduate student here at NC State, just like all of you. And she has accomplished so much in her life. And this is probably the maybe third year you've come back to my class. I think so. You've come back several years because every year the class says how much they enjoyed her conversation. And I love to pick alumni, and some of you will be in this group, I know you're going to be successful, who have done amazing things that can just tell their story and share maybe some of the struggles that they've overcome and anything that has happened in their life that um, they maybe didn't think they could accomplish but realized that they had that potential and built up their confidence. So we're going to jump right into today's topic, which is how to integrate your personal and your professional life. Once you graduate from college, you've been a student for, you know, 18 plus years, and all of a sudden you're working 40 plus hours a week, and then you have things outside of work that you're trying to do, and it's a lot, isn't it? Yes. So do you have any kinds of thoughts? Uh, I guess what we'll start with, Katie, is do your elevator pitch, because everybody's uh, in class kind of had to do that. So we're <laughs> going to put you on the spot so everyone can hear a little bit about your background, working at Novozymes as an innovation manager, and also um, a little bit about your story. All right. I went to NC State for both undergraduate and grad school. And my undergraduate degree is biological sciences. My PhD is in food science. And I had an internship with Novozymes when I was in graduate school. And I loved the company so much that I really wanted to work there when I graduated. And I was able to find a, a job in the technical service baking group when I graduated. And I, from there, started moving to different areas within Novozymes. I tried uh, food and nutrition and then my most recent role of the innovation manager for food and beverage. And so I just kept getting more and more responsibility. It became more and more fun to expand. And I also have been having a, a family with, with that. And so I got married when I was in graduate school and then I had my son, Michael, who's five now, shortly after I started working at Novozymes. So a couple things in there, Katie, in your path. One is you did the internship, which got you the foot in the door. And the second thing is in grad school, you get pregnant. And this is one of the things that a lot of people are trying to decide, like when is the right time as a powerful female? It's Female History Month right now. It's wonderful to see all you've accomplished. Did you decide to do that? And why would you do all that at the same time? 
Well, I actually got pregnant after I started at Novozymes. Um, it was not exactly in my plan. I thought I was going to wait a little bit longer. Surprise. Well, it was, a, yes, a little <laughs> bit of a surprise, but I think it worked out well. Um, I don't think there's ever really the perfect time. I maybe in my mind thought there was going to be a perfect time, but it was as good a time as any. You make it work. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is really interesting about your story, you are very successful in your professional life. You've gone on for an advanced degree and you're a working mother and you're, you have a partner who also works, right? Yes. So did you talk at the beginning of your relationship about how you would juggle all of this together? Would someone's career come first? And is that important for people to do who are in relationships? I think it is very important. My husband Ryan and I talked about it a lot before we um, both started in, in working. And he knew that I was very motivated and was very excited about my career and was fine with putting that first. He was excited about actually being a stay-at-home dad, and he did that for a few years before That's amazing. going back to work. I love it. Switching the gender norm. So you found a man who said, I will be a stay-at-home dad. Yes. That's it was, fantastic. It was great. Bread-winning woman. You're a boss. And it, it did come with challenges, though. So one of the things is that it is a little bit different than what is, what is normal. Um, so a lot of the, the moms would be taking their, their kids to the park or on, on play dates. And they were, were nice about everything, but they maybe didn't have the same interests as my husband. So he would try and join conversations and just... The social connection wasn't there as much as it would have been if it had been all all moms. Mm -hmm. That's got to be hard for Ryan because he's in a female-dominated stay-at-home parent role and he's trying to make connections. And you are at work and is it a 40-hour-a-week job or are you having a lot of things that you're taking home because it's a high-pressure job? It's usually more than 40 hours a week, but it, it comes and goes. It I have a, a lot of travel with my job, and so when I'm traveling, I'm not home at night at all, and that can be a little bit bit difficult. But it's, you made that work, and yes. and how did he feel in terms of this dynamic that was happening on the playground, and how did he resolve that? He started looking for other ways to get social interaction. Um, we, a little bit too late, found that there was a, a Triangle Dads group that would meet up and have play dates. So we, we wish we'd known about that from the, the start. But things like that, that you just have to find a, a different way to get what you need. Absolutely. So as your journey continues and your husband's at home and your son is staying with him and mom is traveling, high power professional executive, what then happened in your family journey in terms of your husband going back to work? He was thinking he would go back to work when my son started kindergarten, which was this past year, but he found a company that was hiring and just really loved the job. And so he ended up going back to work, I think it was almost two years earlier than we had expected. And so we had to find a, a preschool and figure out how we were going to, to manage that. We were pretty lucky there was a, a preschool that was really good that was near the house we were moving into. So we signed him up. We were on a, a pretty short waiting list, got, got that taken care of. And he was able to work out somewhat flexible hours. So if something happened, 
he could um, leave leave work early or make make up time at night or on the weekends. So that was also something that really helped us that his hours are are pretty flexible. And that must have been a big change for you because your original arrangement, you could be traveling, you could be working late, and now your husband's going back into the workforce with a toddler. How did that impact the dynamic of your work-life balance? It was a little more stressful than I expected at first. We, we thought we were going to be able to manage it, and we had to make some adjustments along the way. Um, one of the things that helped a lot, which is, this is very simple, but we got a robot vacuum. <laughs> and so just things like that that you don't think would make a huge impact and that made me feel so much better because all of a sudden neither one of us had as much time to to clean or just do the basic things of maintaining a house and I could just press the button on the robot and it would be moving around for two or three hours and I'd come home and the house would be nice and clean. That sounds like it relieved a little bit of stress for you. And there was something else you got in the kitchen that you shared that was really helpful. And I don't have one of these yet, but talk about how you manage with, you want to get a healthy dinner on the table for the family. What's your secret there? I don't remember what you're referring to. Was it something like a crock pot? Oh, yes. We got an instant pot. Instant pot. Okay. Does anyone have an instant pot? Okay. We've got Dustin that has one and Tiffany. So I I need to hear what that's about. And everyone else that is like, what does that mean? It is amazing. We can take food out of the freezer and just put it directly in the instant pot and have a meal in less than an hour. And don't have to worry about planning anymore. We just have frozen frozen meat and vegetables that can at any point in time be thrown in the Instant Pot. Okay, well, I'm going to check that out for sure because then you don't have to plan in the morning and that eases the whole evening right. routine. Yes. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You also taught Katie about the stress and I wonder what techniques you use to make sure you have time to yourself as well as the ability to relieve that stress. I do yoga every evening and that is something that is not negotiable for me that's just what I'm I'm going to do and I I have to have some quiet time to myself and that's part of that quiet time I am an introvert and so if I don't have time to recharge my brain the next day just doesn't work as well and so that's something that my husband knows about me that I'm going to take 30 minutes to myself every night and that's just something that we fit in there. And you use that word non-negotiable. So you have drawn that line. That is not something that you will compromise because you know you need it for your own sanity. And self-care is so important. Yes, yes. I do not feel as, as good the next day and can't make as good of decisions. I can't do work as well. It's just something that I, I know about myself. Fantastic. Does your son join in? Your son is um, Michael, right? Michael, yes. Yeah. So does he see mom doing yoga and what does he think? He does. He has done yoga with me several times. He actually asked me this week when we were going to do yoga again together. (laughs) We put our mats right next to each other. They have lots of kids yoga on YouTube. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. We need Mm -hmm. to see a picture of the two of you and your downward dog. That would be awesome. Yes. He can do that. He can do it. Yes. I bet. He's learned the form. Mm -hmm. So you have the travel schedule, and with your husband going back to work, he's still working now. He is, yes. And you, how often do you travel, and how do you find a way to stay connected to the family on these trips? Mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot recently. It, it varies 
depending on what's going on with the company. But the beginning of, of this week, I was actually in California and I was sending my son pictures while I was on, on my trip to, to stay connected. When I went to Denmark earlier this year, he surprised me by putting a Lego figurine in my suitcase. And I opened it up. I don't know when he did it, but it was just, it was right there on top. So it must have been right before I had zipped everything up. <laughs> and he had built me this Lego robot that was going to keep me company while I was traveling. And so every day I took a few pictures of where the Lego robot and I were. And we had a little story going with it. Um, he was looking at my, my yummy breakfast one day and then a radish escaped from the plate and was chasing him. We just did a whole whole little thing with it. Oh, that's so adorable. Mm -hmm. And and previous to the Lego, was there another thing that you used to do with your son, a fun way yes. to stay? So he felt like he was connected to mommy when she was um, not there to say goodnight. Right. And before I used to send him pictures of pink and purple things that I had seen on my trip because those are his favorite colors. And so anytime I, I would see something, I'd take a picture and then at night I would just send whatever I had seen that day. And he always thought that was cool, too. And so he's feeling like through the use of technology that he's got um, some more of a connection. And there's probably some some challenges with not being at all the events that are happening with your child. And I remember when we were having coffee, you sharing a story. Was it about um, Easter or Halloween, a holiday event that you yes. might have had to miss and what you did? I had to travel over Halloween one year and... He was not thrilled about that when I first told him, but we found a different event that we could go to together, and he was dressing up like a cookie that year and wanted me to be Cookie Monster. And so I wore my Cookie Monster costume, he wore his cookie costume, and we went to the Spooktacular in, in Wake Forest. And to him, that was Halloween for us. It was fine that it wasn't the night of Halloween. And then my husband wore the Cookie Monster costume for actual Halloween, and... He, he was happy with that. So we just had to, to figure out a different way to satisfy that same, that same need of being together. That's a creative way to do it. I remember you sh sharing a picture. It was adorable in the costume we'll have to share with the class. Mm -hmm. So when you're now juggling two careers and a family, are there times when you need to get to pick him up at daycare and you have to negotiate that with your boss or your colleagues? How does that work? Recently, I have not been in charge of pickup at all. Mm -hmm. I, I was occasionally in charge of pickup for preschool, and I just talked to my manager about it. And the the days that I needed to to pick him up, that was that was fine. My my schedule is somewhat flexible too, in that I just need to get my work done. So it's a, a give and take. Where I mean, I travel sometimes on the weekends or get back late at night. So me leaving early one day. Is, is fine. Um. So is it important to talk to your future employer about your, I guess, the integration you want to have in your personal life, whether it's a family or you're training for a half marathon or whatever you want to do outside of work? I guess I'm wondering, like, how do you get a sense of this is a either family friendly or balanced kind of atmosphere versus, you know, working eight hours a week every single week and burning out. Right. I did not talk to my manager about that at first because I was just excited to have the job. I don't know if that's the, the best thing to do, but yeah. that, was, that was the approach I took. It was more when I was 
doing informational interviews with other people from the company before I even applied for jobs there that I got a sense of the culture. So just understanding whether they went off for volunteer activities during during the day or if they had kids and they were in a, a scientist position, how that worked. And it sounded like from those conversations that the work-life balance was really good. And then when I got the job, I found that that was also true. That's that's important because I know other people who feel like others are glaring at them if they have to leave, you know, to go to the pediatrician. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that can cause a little bit more stress. And I know when my kids were little, I had one employer that I interviewed with who actually asked about how childcare might impact my position and ability to handle my responsibilities to my reference. And that was a huge red flag to me because I was thinking to myself, I don't want to work for a place where that is going on. So I'd kind of look around the walls and see if there was artwork from families and, you know, look on Glassdoor, look at some of the different um, opinions of people about it. And I think that's important to do. Right. So as we, um, as we think about you in your workforce, one of the things that our class has done is our strengths. And so we have our top five strengths. And I remember I asked you to look your strengths up because I always forget one of mine. Mm -hmm. But can you share um, what your top five are? And class, if you hear one that you have, just raise your hand. We'll see if we have some in common with Katie. My top five are achiever. Yay, A lot some of achievers. Yeah. yeah. Learner. Analytical, relater, and intellection. Awesome. We <laughs> saw a lot of people with commonalities. Do you see those playing out in the workforce? Um, is there one maybe that jumps out to you? And is it helpful to understand your colleagues and, and what they bring to the table? Yes, I think so. My strengths get put into the buckets of strategic thinking, executing, and relating. And that's what I do in my job. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about how we're going to develop new applications, bring them to market, getting them through our pipeline. So that's the execution side. And then doing all of that, I need to be relating to the team that's working on the project as well as the customers that we're trying to launch the project with. That's and it's all mm -hmm. fitting together. Do you also do hiring of people onto your team? Do you interview candidates? I interview interns. Interns. Or I'm sometimes on the, the hiring team for other positions. Right. But, and so yeah. when you're looking at a potential fit for your group, is that something that would be helpful for people to talk about in terms of what's unique about them and how they can contribute? I think that would be really helpful for me to get an idea of what you would bring to the team and how you would, would fit with everybody else, know how to interact more. That's, as well. Yeah, that's that's what I was hoping you'd say. Because all of our <laughs> students are doing presentations on their strengths and they're talking about mm -hmm. how it will relate to the position that they are moving towards. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to open it up for our class to jump in at this point with any kinds of questions that they might have about this whole challenge of having all these balls in the air and what you would be trying to figure out how Katie makes this all work. Amanda. Um, so one of my biggest fears is like as a woman in the workforce is having children like starting a family and like what if I don't get so lucky to where my husband will take the opportunity to be a stay-at-home dad? Do you think that um, women that do that are at a disadvantage in the work field um, because they're taking some time off 
and then getting back to work and they're behind their male colleagues. I did not have the experience where it, I mean, I took seven weeks for my maternity leave and then came back to work. I got my promotion from scientist to senior scientist within a year of coming back. So in that aspect, I don't think it at least held me back. Um, I think it could depend on the company you're you're at. I, I'm really lucky to be at a, a company that when you prove yourself, you show good work, they can document everything for, for promotions like that. But I don't know if everywhere else is like that. And I think it is an important thing to consider when you are going to be looking at your boss and what will your boss's expectations be. Because I know when I came in to tell my boss I was pregnant, um, the associate dean, he first said, are you coming back to work? And I said, yes. And I would like to have flex time and telecommuting. So I started negotiating because I had gained some credibility at that point and also knew that I was kind of had the ability to just work that through. And so he gave me a test run at that. Um, is there flex time or opportunities for that within your organization to do any things at home? Or is it kind of like be present in the company? We have work from home uh, abilities as well. Um, pretty much everything is on our computer now. So you can work from anywhere. I mean, that's necessary for a lot of jobs that are traveling. Um, for the first week that I was back, I was at home were catching up on all the emails that had come through over the past few weeks. Very good. Yes, Carrie. Do you take all your vacation time? I do take all of my vacation time. That's a good question because <laughs> yes. sometimes people feel guilty just using the leave that they have. Right. It's sometimes difficult to fit it in, but my manager is really nice about letting us take the first week in January if we can't get it done by the end of December because sometimes meetings will pop up at the end of December that are really difficult to say, well, I still have two weeks of vacation. I'm just going to skip that. And so she will let us uh, take it right after the beginning of the year. And with the maternity leave, that's one of the things, too, you were saying you took off seven weeks. Is there a certain amount of paid time that is offered with your company? Yes, we got six weeks of paid maternity leave, and the policy recently changed. I think it is, I want to say up to 16 weeks now. It, yeah. it became a lot better the past year. That's interesting, because mm -hmm. I know a couple of my recent graduates, one of them is at IBM and one of them is at Google, they get five months of paid maternity mm -hmm. leave, plus they get paternity leave. So when you're looking at offers, it's kind of interesting to see how it varies from company to company. Right. And I think that's why Novozymes changed their, their policy to be more in line with, with other companies. They were really excited to launch, and I think it's great that they're able to do that now. That's great. They're staying mm -hmm. competitive because yes. I know for this generation of students, they are thinking about um, not just having work, but having life. So do you feel like you have a, a good integration at this point? And, and where are you heading with the work-life mm -hmm. balance? Yeah. I think it's been constantly getting better and better as I learn what I need and how to prioritize. And as I get better at saying no, that's been the biggest struggle for me is figuring out which things to say no to and then actually saying no. It's something that 
I have to keep reassessing because new things constantly pop up. So for example, I like to do these kinds of things where I'm, I'm coming to speak to students. I found that all of a sudden I was doing things with elementary school, middle school, high school, and college. And that was becoming a little more than I can handle, but it kind of snuck up on me. One thing would, would add on and they'd say, oh, come back next year. And then another thing, that, yeah, I'd keep, keep coming to this one too. And so I had to decide what I was gonna continue with. And I chose, I'm only going to do college. And that's what I have been doing the past, probably probably year, I haven't, I haven't done any of the other events. And while I miss them, I think I appreciate the time that I have with my family that I got back a lot more. Saying no is hard. And that's one of the things where it gets back to that non-negotiable. Will you come at this time? I have yoga that is on my calendar. That's just as important. So good for you. Yes, Dustin. Um, so obviously you've talked a lot about juggling kind of work and family life. Uh, is there any tic- uh, tips or like tricks you'd say about also kind of incorporating the social life as well into that kind of three different things? Yes, so I hadn't mentioned it yet, but I am a part of Toastmasters, which is both development and that is now my social time for a lot of it because that's where my friends are at this point. And... So that's another one that I, I balance in there. I go to a meeting probably about once a week because I'm in different clubs. So maybe I'm traveling the beginning of the week and can't go to one meeting, but I'll, I'll go to another one. And I should mention, because people might not know what yeah, Toastmasters is. Yeah, say what is. Toastmasters yes. is. It is a leadership and public speaking organization. And you are a member of a club and you're there and you're doing self-paced study and you fill different roles as if you're having a meeting. So there's one person who's leading the meeting, there's someone who's giving a speech, there's someone who's evaluating the speech, someone who's timing because it's very important to stay on time for different meetings. And you are getting time to practice, but then you're also forming bonds with the people that are there and learning about their life, especially when they're giving speeches. It's usually about something personal. And so you're really getting to know those people and They'll have social events and other things as, as well. So you make sure you do the Toastmasters as a social thing. And is there are there things at work that people are saying, oh, come play on the company softball team or let's all mm-hmm. go get a beer? Is there a lot of social things happening with your team or is that kind of outside of work group that you like to hang out with? There are a lot of things happening at, at work socially as well. We have um, a group of, of women who get together occasionally at each other's houses. My, my manager hosted the last one and we had a, a soup night and she built a bonfire in her backyard. So that's, that's nice to also form relationships with my colleagues. I do not go out as much with my colleagues as other people because I know that I need my alone time and I'm not willing to sacrifice that for the, the social time. But I know that's something for me that I personally need. I know if I told an extrovert, you need alone time, stay at home, that would would not work. They'd think I was crazy. So you really have to know yourself and make the choices for what's best for you. So does it come to um, a conversation if you're all out on a work trip and everyone's like, we're going out for drinks until 1 a.m.? Is that Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure on you or has that ever happened where you've had to say, I'm going to bed? At first, I was feeling a lot of pressure to go out because I thought that was just what was expected. I mean, everyone was going out. And then I started saying no, 
And then people didn't take it personally. I mean, occasionally they'll say, oh, are you sure? I think you should come with us. But I just, I have held strong most of the time and said that, no, I, I need to sleep. I'm, I want to do well tomorrow and I need my, my time by myself. And now the people that know me expect that from me. They'll still ask me, but they, they don't feel bad when I say no, because I'm not saying no to them. I'm saying no to being with anybody. <laughs> right. As an introvert, being right. able to have that time to close the door. Yes, Bailey. So this is just kind of like socially. Is your husband a doctor? Does like is, does no. he have his PhD? Okay. So as you do have your PhD, and so I was just wondering, do you guys go by Mister and Doctor, or like how does that work? Because I'll be graduating after graduate school. I'll have my doctorate, and so I was just wondering how socially that works. Do people look at you the same, or do you? Do most people call you Mrs. or how does that work? Most people call me Mrs. When we've gotten wedding invitations, it's usually Mr. and Mrs. Ryan Maloney. I think if you read the etiquette book, that's not what it's supposed to be, but I'm, I haven't. It's supposed to be like Dr. and Mr., right? Because you have the highest degree. I can't remember exactly what it, I think my whole name is supposed to be there. Oh, okay. Is what I'm. That's good. We'll have to look that up. So people yeah. just assume to call you Mrs. Yes. Which I don't tell people otherwise, so it's, I mean, they wouldn't know any different. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I feel like you work really hard to get this title, and then do you make sure people, I guess it depends on the person as well, so. Right. I mean, I think if you corrected a few people that they might get the idea. Absolutely, you've if, earned it. If it's important it. to you. Megan. Um, so from most people I've talked to about balancing and prioritizing school and relationships, most of them say, you know, finish school before you even think about getting married or something like that. But you said you got married in grad school. So I was wondering what your experience was with that, with trying to balance studying and everything with wedding planning as well. My mom helped a lot with wedding planning. It was not all that important to me flowers and tablecloths and all that's just not my personality so I'm I didn't have a lot of stress from that I think my mom got stressed from it because it was very important to her for it to be how we wanted it to be and I think it, it was fine for me to I don't think my stress would have been any different in grad school versus working because it's still something you have to fit in around your your regular work. Yeah. Thank you. Tiffany, did you have a question? Yeah, I was going to ask, so um, having the title of doctor, does it ever, like, is it ever a problem in your relationship? Like, does it make him feel like he has to um, work harder or do extra to kind of work up to your title, I guess? That's never been a problem for us. I think that'll depend a lot on different people's personalities. But when we met, he knew I was very motivated and was going to go to grad school, and he just accepted that about me. It didn't, it didn't change how he, he was feeling about himself. And it's interesting how different dynamics of different relationships impact that in terms mm -hmm. of um, if one person has more status. And it sounds like at the beginning, 
your career was going to come first. And that was a conversation. And if in relationships it's equal, which it was with my husband and I, we moved to North Carolina because he wanted to go to grad school. And then we stayed in North Carolina because I liked my job here. So we had that agreement early on that it was going to be kind of like back and forth type of thing. Mm Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, this time has gone by so fast. Um, Can you leave us with a book that you think that everyone Mm -hmm. should read as far as um, I know you have some interesting things you like to read? Yes. The book I really like right now is called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And the tendencies help you to know what motivates you. So my tendency is an upholder and I meet both internal and external expectations. Um, my husband is an obliger and so he is more motivated by external and has trouble responding to his own internal. So it's just really interesting to figure out how you can better motivate yourself because there, there are tips depending on which category you fall into. And so obliger, which I think was the most common one, you can have somebody else hold you accountable. So if you're, uh, salesperson for example you can have your manager checking in on you every friday to see how your numbers are going and then you'll prepare for them whereas you might not have prepared for yourself that's a good one and i think she has a podcast too yes which we both love because we're Mm -hmm. podcast nerds um so that was a great one to share well let's give it up for dr katie maloney (laughs) thank you for having me that was The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.